Well, good morning. My name is Matt Sawada, one of the pastors here on staff at LEFC, and it is, again, it is an honor to open the Word with you guys this morning. Kids, if you are in third grade or younger, third grade or younger, I'd like to welcome you up on stage. Can you guys come join me? I need your help. Come on, Shep. Yep, that's you. There we go. Third grade. Come on up. Don't be shy. Come on. Come on. You're good. Nice. Here we go. High five. Come on. There we go. Uh, come on up. Have a seat. Oh, I love high fives. This is great. Drew Bakers. Whoa. <laughs> nice. Nice. Great. Have a seat. Did I get one? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Nice. Okay. So this is, uh, look at me. Don't look at them. Look at me, guys. Here, I'll move this. You know, this is not your normal Sunday morning, right? Um, it's a water bottle. This, this is, turn around. There you go. Thank you. Um, you know, this, we are so glad that you guys joined us this morning. Super glad. Like, this is, this is really fun for us to be able to worship with you and worship as families, and so, so thanks for making this day special. You know, this morning, I need your help. Would you guys be willing to help me? Yeah. Yeah. Specifically, we need to help them with some technology. Yeah. All right? You guys, you, guys, you guys probably know more about technology than they do anyways. And, and if not, you will soon. You will very soon. Have you guys ever seen an emoji? Yes. Yeah? A million times? Yeah. I was going to say, you text your mom, your grandma's phone. Okay. So, so an emoji. You text your mom too. Nice. What, what's an emoji? What, what is an emoji? Anyone know? What is it? Okay, it's something like a happy face. Tell me what else. What else was an emoji? Yeah. Ooh, like, um, an emoji is like something to like, to like describe something. Yeah, I love that word. It describes something. Shep, what's, a, what's an emoji? Um, a shape that is supposed to describe your feelings. Perfect. An emoji is a shape that is used to describe your emotions. High five. I'll just give you a high five. You know, so, so this morning, this is where I need your help. I've got on the screen, hopefully they'll work this time. Here's, here's an example of some emojis, right? Just some of them. Just some of the emojis. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have Miss Megan in the back scroll through a couple of these emojis when I tell her to. Yeah. This one's really excited about emojis. I love it. You know, and uh, what's going to happen is I'm going to ask you guys in just a second to stand up, and we're going to look on the back screen. So stand up, look on the back screen. You see the same thing. And when I tell Miss Megan to scroll to the next slide, she's going to have an emoji on that slide. You can wave. Say, hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Um, then, then what I'd like you to do, I would like you to scream. I'd like to yell what emotion that emoji is representing. All right? No, it'll be on that screen, too. And then I want you to act it out. 
You guys got it? All right. So, Megan, three, two, one, go. Angry. I didn't see any smoke coming out of your noses. Give me an angry face. Your angriest face, Ian. Come on. No, show them. Show them. Beautiful. Show them. Show them. All right. Let's do this again. I want you to yell it out, and I want you to act it out. Ready, set, go. This isn't mad anymore. This is happy. Show me happy. Yeah, give her a hug. Exactly. Show me the next one. What's this one? Sleepy. Oh, sleepy? <laughs> yeah. It could be sleepy. This is all. Or sad. Yeah, he looks kind of sad. Can you show me the next one, please, Megan? <laughs> I just wanted to see them pretend like they're throwing up. All right, yeah, that is a sick emoji. They might have eaten something bad for lunch or something like that. All right, we've got one more. What's this one? Angel. Angel. How do you guys act that one out? You guys are all little angels, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. Well, turn around and have a seat. Let's, let's have a seat. Now look at me. Look at me. Eyes up here. You know, that last, that last picture was a little harder to act out, wasn't it? No, I went. <laughs> you went like this? <laughs> you kind of fluttered on your wings? Oh, that's a good way to do it. It's a good way to do it. You know, I, I would say that that emoji is a little different than the rest of them. The, the first four described a feeling. You were happy. You were sad or angry. Or, or maybe you were sick. <laughs> You're going to remember that one. You like the flomper one? Yeah. Yeah, the slopper. That you like the angel one. I can tell. You look like an angel. You know, so here's the thing, though. This emoji represents a godliness. Someone who is godly is like God. This is not an emotion. This is a descriptive word, kind of like you guys said. It's descriptive of your character of who you're becoming or who you are being like, not how you're feeling. Being godly is not a feeling. You're choosing Christ in that moment. So this is where I need your help for the rest of the service, guys. And parents, you can help them do this too. Every time you hear the word godly or godliness, I want you to make that emoji. I don't need to flap your wings. I, I just want you to put a circle over your head. So parents, you can do this too. First service did this awesome, all right? So if I say the word godly, what are you going to do? Excellent. How about the word godliness? Yep. All right, so can you guys help me with that? I need to listen really good, and when you hear that word, I want you to make that motion. You guys got it? Yeah. So I'm going to pray for our time, and then when I say amen, you can head on back and find your mom and dad, all right? Charles's, be good. There we go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do love you. We thank you for an opportunity to worship with families this morning. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to worship a worthy, holy God. And Father, you've given us resources to live a godly life. And so, Lord, we just commit this time to you. I pray specifically for this next generation that they would, this morning maybe, Father, birth in them a desire to pursue you, to know you. Father, birth in them a love for your son, Jesus.
Father, we are just thankful for this opportunity. We pray for these kiddos. We pray for these families. We just pray for this time and commit it to you, Lord. And we pray your name. Amen. You guys are awesome. Head on back. And uh, remember, when I say certain words, hey, Bess, you're good. (laughs) I love their energy. They certainly do bring a dynamic. You guys are going to go down those stairs. Good. Excellent. Um, Well, last week, last week, Pastor Nick kicked us off with a sermon series, a new series called Ablaze. In this series, we're we're taking a couple couple of these next months to, to look at scriptures that have impacted specifically the person who is preaching. And so the hope is to be able to, a couple of them are lost, good, they found their way. Uh, Hopefully you'll be able to see and hear uh, how scripture has changed our lives. Last week, Pastor Nick shared on the Good Samaritan, and what I learned about Nick was that that text has affected the way he loves people, the way he sees people, enemies and friends, those he knows and those he doesn't. And so, hopefully this morning, you'll be able to walk out saying 2 Peter has, has affected Matt in certain ways. So this morning, we're going to be in 2 Peter. Um, I've got some friends, these ushers, coming down the aisles. If you need a Bible this morning, just raise your hand. We'd love to, to make sure you've got God's Word right in front of you. So please, don't be ashamed to take one of these Bibles. Let me paint the picture of who this guy Peter is, our author this morning. There's a lot of landscape in Scripture, a lot of, a lot of words that are attributed to this guy, Peter. All right, Peter is a, he was one of the apostles. You see throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where you see his conversion. You see, Peter's, uh, you see Peter succeed in some ways and grow, and you see Peter swing and miss in other ways. Uh, Peter is not afraid to speak what was on his mind. And then you see in the book of Acts, even more landscape. You see chapters of this, of this, sec, this kind of fifth book in the New Testament devoted to this guy, Peter. He preaches one of the first sermons after Pentecost. Peter was a, a major player in those first five books. Well, his influence on the church doesn't stop there because he writes two later letters. You get 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and these books are found towards the end of the New Testament. And specifically, he writes 1 Peter to struggling Christians. Persecution was happening. And he writes 1 Peter to encourage them in the midst of their suffering. And then you see him, there's a lot of, a lot of words he's talking to their submission. Suffering and submission are two major themes in that book. And then 2 Peter kind of follows along with it. He's encouraging them. This is his last letter to the church that we have written in this scripture. And what he's saying in 2 Peter is he's saying, your character matters. And he really talks about what an authentic Christian looks like and what false teachers, how they're described. So Peter is one of the the major characters throughout the whole New Testament. It's a significant moment to hear how he would encourage us to live. Well, this morning, what we're going to look at 
is we're going to look at godliness. Good. Excellent, Maggie. She nailed it. This morning, we're going to look at what does it look like to grow as godly individuals. And my hope is that in these first couple verses, we are going to see how God has given us the resources to live a godly life. You guys are doing great. You're going to see in verse 3 that we have all we need, all we need for life and godliness. And then we're going to see in verses 5, 6, and 7 that it's our responsibility to use these resources to grow in godliness. I picked fun words for this, didn't I? And as we wrap up our time in 2 Peter 1 this morning, we're going to see that the results do matter. That the results matter. And so, if you wouldn't mind, open your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to start at the beginning. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Verse 2, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You know, so often we skip over the introduction when we start reading a book. We assume, oh yeah, this is Paul. I know what he's going to say. Let me start in verse 5. I think if we did that in Peter, we'd miss out on some significant truth. You see, the first resource that God has given us, Peter mentions in verse 1. You see, he's given us a divine person. The first resource that God has given us to live a godly life is the most important. It's Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. You see, as we talk through this morning, I I don't want you to walk away thinking, I've got to try harder or do better. Because that is, you're going to hear some of that language in this text, but what he's saying is, you're going to try harder to lean into Jesus. You see, godliness, some of these characters that we're going to be talking about, characteristics that we're going to be talking about, are almost like massive branches to a tree, and the trunk is Jesus. And so here, Peter says, I am writing to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, this person, this divine person in Jesus, I'm writing to those who have received a faith as precious as ours. You guys catch that? Okay, so you've got Peter and Paul and James and John and Seth. Peter, Paul, James, and John, and Steve. Peter, Paul, James, John, and Randy, and Matt. Same same playing field. We have received the same faith. They're They're not on another level. They have the same righteousness through the person of Jesus. We're all playing the same game of life with these same resources. 
And so Peter says, I'm writing to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. He says in verse 3, second resource, it's his divine power. It's through his divine power that he has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. So we've received a, a divine person who's given us a divine power. And then we see in verse 4 that it's through these, it's through this, his glory and goodness that he has given us his very great and precious promises. Divine person, divine power, divine promises. He's given us this word so that we can know him. We can know this person. We can know his character. We can know his heart. His precious promises, so that, continuing in verse 4, that through them, through his power, through his promises, we may then be a participant in his divine nature. You guys see this? He's given us a divine person in his son, Jesus Christ, and it's through his power that we can live a godly life. Thank you, Steve. One person did it. Let's go. Come on. Godly. Uh, his divine person, his divine power, he's given us these promises, and he's given us his spirit. <laughs> we don't need anything else. This is the trunk of our godly tree. This is what we can actually grow with. My question for you this morning is, do you know these resources? This person of Jesus, do, do you know him? You spend time in your word? Galatians 5, are you walking according to your spiritual nature rather than your sinful one? Taking advantage of the fact that you are a divine participant. You have been picked to be on his dodgeball team. You're part of this. You know, uh, my wife and I got married in the year 2000. Perfect year, really easy addition. Um, whenever I have to figure out how long we've been married. So July of 2000, Robin and I got married. A year later, for our anniversary, she gave me a gift. She set the bar high for anniversaries, right? She gave me a nice guitar. She gave me these resources to be a musician. This guitar has traveled more than almost anything else in our family. I've had this guitar longer than any kid, any pet. It's been in multiple states and houses. This guitar has lived in a lot of closets. Yeah, unfortunately, you see, Robin gave me the resources 17 years ago to become a musician. The problem is you have now seen the extent of my guitar playing ability. <laughs> I think this is a D, and this is a G, and this is an A. And that's about it. It ends there. You see, she gave me the resources to become a musician. But then it was my responsibility to grow in that, and I didn't. 
I literally had to wipe off cobwebs to bring my guitar in this morning. That's sad. In some ways, I feel like I failed this gift, but I never took the responsibility to grow into a musician when I had the resources right there. My question for you is, is your faith the same way? God's given you some amazing resources. This free gift. He's given you his son. He's given you this word. And he's given you his spirit. And yet a lot of times it sits in a closet. The responsibility is ours to then grow as we use these resources. We're going to see that in verses 5, 6, and 7 of 2 Peter chapter 1. You see, it's for this very reason, his person, his power, his promises, and we're participants. It's for this reason that we should make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, lost my word, self-control, the self-control, perseverance, into perseverance, godliness, into godliness, thank you, mutual affection, into mutual affection, love. How, how are you guys doing? In terms of taking these resources that he has given us and then growing in our faith, adding to that, have you accepted this responsibility? Have you accepted the responsibility to make every effort to add to your faith? Paul says the same thing in 1 Timothy chapter 3. He tells us to train our bodies to, for godliness. In verse, chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, he tells us to pursue righteousness, to pursue godliness. That's Paul. Here's Peter. James, in the book of James, tells us that faith without works is what? dead. It's got cobwebs on it. And so this list that he packages here, I don't think this list is a prescription. Right? He's not saying you've got to do A and you've got to per- perfectly do A before you do B. And then do B perfectly before you do C. You'd never get to self-control, which is probably what you need today. I think this is a description. I think this is a, these are all branches of a beautiful tree. And the trunk is Jesus. And so, here's the question. Have you taken the responsibility? You know, many of you have have planted a garden. Any gardeners out here? Any of you guys garden? (laughs) Linda, your hand should be higher than that. You're like the gardener of gardens. You know, and so here's the here's this thing. You've taken some time and some intentionality to maybe plant a garden like this. My wife and I walk around our neighborhood, and we have garden envy of <laughs> some of these people. You know, they've got all these little like raised beds and it's so neat and easy and good and but that took time. They had to choose what to grow and where to grow and when to plant and how to plant and and all these different things, and they had to weed. The weeding is the worst part of gardening, right? 
That took intention. But no matter how hard Scott and Lisa try to grow a garden, they can't will it to happen. You can't, I guess you can pray for it, but, but then you're asking God to actually grow those carrots. It took some effort. It took intentionality. Maybe you guys are like me and aren't gardeners. Maybe it's your budget. And maybe you take so much time on that budget and you balance to the penny every minute of every day. Maybe it's exercise. The thought of missing a day of exercise would kind of drive you nuts. Maybe it's your car and how clean that car is. Don't look at my Prius. And maybe it's how clean your house is. And maybe there's so much intentionality going into a clean house, and it looks great. But yet we forget about our faith. Do we take the same intentionality to grow some of these character traits in our character as we do in our finances, in our house, or maybe our gardens? And so you're going to see other lists like this. Galatians 5, you've got fruits of the Spirit. Colossians 3, we can put off the old and put on the new. 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy list things like this. But see, the, all of these things can be worked on and added to our faith in the person of Jesus. It starts with that trunk, and then it grows into Godliness. This is where this text gets pretty real. Verse 8. We've seen in verse 3, we have everything we need. We've seen in verse 5, that we're supposed to add to our faith, making every effort. In verse 8, here goes Peter. He says that if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, meaning if you're growing in them, that growth, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but these aren't descriptive words that I want used about my faith. Unproductive, ineffective. It's kind of like this picture, right? How ineffective and unproductive is a wired phone these days. You can't send an emoji through that. It's got some cobwebs, like my guitar on that phone. And then he goes on in verse 9, at least in verse 8, here's this increasing measure. He kind of packages the negative with a positive. In verse 9, he doesn't hold back. And he's saying, but whoever does not have them these qualities. Whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. So unproductive, ineffective, nearsighted, and blind. When I think of someone whose faith might be nearsighted, I think they're thinking only themselves. 
I think they're thinking of, of me, myself, and I. They're not thinking about the kingdom. They're not worried about someone else's eternity. They're only focused on themselves. And it's a good description of a nearsighted person from a faith perspective. And someone who's blind, this person might not be able to see their oikos, their sphere of influence. Matt, I don't have one. Okay. Maybe you need to look. Maybe there's, a, there's an issue with your trunk. There might be an issue with your theology and how you see Jesus might be affecting how you see the people around you. Unproductive, ineffective, nearsighted, blind, forgetting your cleansing. What is your cleansing? What's your justification? It's what Jesus did for you. And when we live life forgetting that, we've lost our first love. We've thrown in that towel. Maybe we made a commitment a long time ago, and we haven't thought about Jesus since. So just like my guitar was out of tune, I had to get Ken to tune it yesterday so I could play my three chords. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe your faith is as well. See, the reality is, is it's not just one of us who I'm speaking to, it's all of us. I think each of us can resonate with some of these words. There are moments of every day where we lose sight of Jesus Christ. And it's in those moments where we become nearsighted and blind. And so my challenge for you is this. A lot like my story, this scripture resonated with me during a season where I was trying to gut it out. And it was absolutely exhausting. I was trying to develop these things in my life, in 2 Peter 1, without the trunk. And I was looking really good on the outside, but feeling pretty shallow internally. And this text challenged me to rethink, wait a sec, it's my responsibility to grow because of the resources I've been given. What does it mean to lean into these resources? This is important, guys, for several reasons. One, because it's not about you. Your sanctification, your pursuit of a godly life is a whole church issue. It's a whole church issue. The groups that you're in benefit when you grow. When I see Doug growing in goodness, that encourages me to pursue Christ in a new way. When I see Carl excited about Christ, that changes my walk with him. Not with Carl, with Christ. You see... This isn't just about you, it's about us. More importantly, it's about him and his kingdom. And so, yeah, grow and do this, and that's good for you. And I I think you're going to experience real joy and richness through it and because of it. But the church is going to be blessed because of it. Your sanctification isn't about you. Secondly, 
the other question I need to ask you is, do you know these resources? Because growing in godliness, becoming this, doesn't happen outside of Christ and his promises, his power, and his spirit. Lean into that. And lastly, what effort have you made to grow recently? What intentionality have you taken to grow in your faith? Has there been any effort? Not just make every effort. Has there been any effort to grow, to add to your faith? Well, here's the challenge, and I'm going to end with this. Your challenge uh, today is to take this week, maybe it's the summer, and identify some sort of a group. A family would be a great group to do this in. Maybe it's a life group. Maybe it's just one-on-one with another man or woman. Decide on a quality. You got lists. Galatians 5, again, Colossians 3, 1 and 2 Timothy, 2 Peter. Pick a quality. And then I want you to, as a group... You can do it separately and then come back and talk about this, but how did Jesus model this quality? What did it look like for the perfect person to live this way? And then thirdly, got to identify it. How did Jesus model it? Where else in Scripture is this mentioned? Think Old Testament. Think New Testament. Think the breadth of Scripture. Use the backs of your Bibles and look up this word. Where is it mentioned and where are examples of this? Next, what does it look like when I fail in this? Because you will. If your word is peace, what does it look like when you're lacking peace? For me, uh, it's anxiety. When I get really anxious about something, oh man, I'm feeling it in my stomach. That means I'm lacking peace. I wonder what is causing this in me. What's the situation that is birthing this inside of me? In a way, encouraging me to to lack this quality. So what does it look like when I fail? A lot of times when we discern what the opposite of this quality looks like, it helps us to identify when it's present in our life. And then lastly, what, what then would it look like for you as an individual or as a group to grow in this? I'd love to know if you take this challenge. Use your response card. Have people, there'll be people up here to pray for you in this endeavor. So in conclusion... God's given you a resource. Like my wife gave me a guitar, God, God's given you resources much better than a guitar. Learn to play those resources. Learn to engage with those resources. Don't allow it to grow old and dusty and ineffective. Brush the cobwebs off. And be intentional. Be intentional with your faith, making every effort to add to your faith these qualities. And I trust 
that as you lean into those resources, as you with intentionally make an effort, you will grow in godliness. Thank you. Let me pray as the worship team comes up to close us out. Father, we're so thankful for the resources you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the way you have loved us, for the way you've cared for us, for the ways that you, again, have resourced us. Father, I ask for forgiveness for those moments where I take those resources for granted and allow the dust to settle. Father, I apologize. I, again, ask forgiveness for the moments where I try to add to my faith outside of those resources. Father, I pray you'd expose those moments in my life and in our lives. Help us to be a church that is growing in godliness. Father, help us to be a church that looks like your son, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Well, LEFC, I'd like to close out by just reading the next two verses in 2 Peter 1. This is from verses 10 and 11. Peter says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you guys. I'm excited to see you after a week of growth at the park next Sunday. Have a great day. Be blessed.